Abba Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that is our heart song. As Zamar goes out this morning to touch the string, and our voices, Lord, come in line with what your scripture says, or that if we do not shout it out, the rocks will. All of creation was created to look at you and to bring you glory of which we, the church, the body of Jesus Christ, was called out as Ecclesia, the called out ones, with one purpose, to make Him known. That's who we are. And today I pray a specific anointing over the message with your word being the plumb line, the compass, the light to our feet, the source of everything that we need. You, Jesus Christ, the one who became flesh and came to live amongst us. The word that came to live amongst us. The one that had no sin, that atoned, paid for, and made everything right with himself through the fact that you paid the price we could not. Call us back to yourself into unity with you. Whatever stubborn spirit has lied to any of us to make us feel that we cannot enter your rest, that we do not deserve what you've paid for, any blaspheming spirit that comes against the blood of Jesus Christ that purchased our lives, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are driven out. You are not welcome. For our King deserves the price that He paid for, which is every single soul that He paid for. And Lord, we will do our part. We will live in love. We will display Your presence and Your peace. We will allow You, Jesus, to be Jesus in us and through us. We will die so much to self that only you radiate. That's what church is all about. Jesus being Jesus. And Lord, we will disciple. We will care for those out there. We will love because you first loved us. And we will share the gospel of what you did. That you redeemed everything back to yourself. And Lord, that's all because you, ultimately, you are a loving Father that created every being into your likeness. Every human being made in your likeness so that you could love us with the hope that we would choose to love you back. So we make this choice this morning, Lord. We want to love you back. And Holy Spirit, thank you so much for helping us be that bride. The spirit of wisdom in our midst, making us your bride. The spirit of wisdom in our midst, calling us. Thank you that these words that we're going to read now will bless us and our souls and our spirits are open to hear 
and to receive Holy Spirit from what you want to share. Amen. Amen. One of the things that we have made a decision on that we're going to change, and this is as of today, which is the beginning of December, is that we're no longer going to record a weekly online sermon. Because what we want to do is we're going to record these messages on a Sunday and start to put that out on podcast again. So that if the bigger message goes out, if you want to listen to that during the week, or if you missed a Sunday gathering, you can go to our website and you can listen to these recordings. We will also then, as we said, send out these messages on PDF on a weekly basis, which we have done. And so therefore, everything that will be on the slides behind me, you will receive soon if, as we announced, you have WhatsApp and are on the database. Okay. So we're going to record this, and uh, we're going to go into a full month of looking at this precious word, faith. We're going to build faith during the, the week of the month of December. This is us building our faith into the miraculous that we believe God is busy with in our midst and therefore preparing our hearts for miracles coming next year. And so it doesn't mean miracles are only going to happen next year. It means that this morning we open to miracles, hardened hearts being softened. We said, I will give you hearts of flesh instead of and taking your hearts of stone and, and turn them towards me. And this morning, I want to bring the message of the essence of faith. And it's going to be a different angle that I usually take. And this is something that God has really been speaking to me about for about six months. And it only made sense last week. Now, the most frustrating thing that you could ever try and do is to try and preach a revelation. I cannot explain the depth of this message in my heart. I cannot. There is, there, is, there is nothing I can say from this stage this morning that will explain the importance of this message. Nothing. I am 100% dependent on the Holy Spirit to break through and to bring this study into every single heart, into every home for us to go and do the same study. God says, seek and you will find. And so therefore, I'm not dependent on you receiving a revelation this morning. Because the revelation doesn't work that way. We always teach on this when we say we give information. The Holy Spirit illuminates information. When we receive the illumination, when, when the light goes on, when light comes in and darkness is driven away, when we choose, we go into being transformed into that message. And only when you have been transformed into the character of that message, display is the revelation. Then you live the revelation. When you have become it, that's when it is a revelation. Therefore, far too many times when we listen to messages, we go, man, that was beautiful. But we do not allow the Holy Spirit to transform us into the message. And this is why we do not believe that you go to church on a Sunday morning or that you come to church on a Sunday morning. Because we are the church during the week and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth 
the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of life, the spirit of peace that, that journeys with us. He's the counselor. He's the teacher. He's the comforter. He's the helper. So that as we take these messages and go and journey it during the week, he is the one that helps us become these messages. And so therefore today, I don't have any quotes. I only have Scripture. Usually when I did kingdom faith as a teaching in Bible school, all the years that we stayed up in the Northwest, I would take kingdom faith and go to Bible school on a yearly basis, and we would have eight weeks of preaching on this, teaching on kingdom faith. And I would usually start off, faith in what? Faith in what? And ask this to the students. When I say have faith, have faith in what? Said Some of us would have, have faith for finances, have faith for healing, have faith for peace. And we would state, faith is the topic of believing everything he said, every promise he made. And if you see that you lack faith in any area, not a suggestion, like a rule, then do not stop growing, which will be forever, until we physically die and we are set free of the frustration of this world. And we are set free into the eternal life with Him. But until then, we will grow. The elders in heavenly places fall down and go, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Come up. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Why? Because He really is that much higher than what we can understand or fathom. His sovereignty with regards to your life and my life started way before we were made. Way. Each and every one of us planned into a marvelous plan that He wants to live in and through us. He did not call us to live for Him. Can I, can I please, church, hear me in this. Can I please just say that again? He did not call you to live for him. He made you so that he could live in you. In you and through you. Religion makes you think you must do for him. And that is where the demonic really has a lot of limited but yet massive power in breaking up whatever Jesus wants to build in the pure bride. That's where gossip and slander and backstabbing and all of that comes in because I do so well and you do not so well. Did you see so and so? I'm doing so well because I'm such a big Christian. Lenro is a big Christian. That's what, that's, that, that's what big means. It's big. Like this, what I am. It's not what it's about. So when we start off with faith, I would usually ask the question, what is faith? And I would start off with Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now, I have Hebrews up there. I don't want you to go to that one yet. I'm just going to run you through the, the four questions I would usually ask on faith. What is faith? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 is the definition of faith in accordance to the word. If you do not know, the whole chapter of Hebrews 11 was dedicated to the topic of faith. Beautiful chapter. It's through faith that Abraham, through faith that Noah, through faith that 
But it starts off, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. That literally pertains to eternity. It's, It's what is to come. So you can live here and give it your all. In Afrikaans, gooi kole. In English, I think, give gas. <laughs> like, give it your all. Because it's not about this life. This is preparation of what is to come. And when we get there, we're going to go, oh, wow. So it's because you can't even imagine. It's, you can't even imagine what that is like. The song I can only imagine came close to helping us think that we can imagine, but we can't. We can't even imagine how massive and awesome the life after this is going to be. And I want you to consider forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever is not long, it's forever. (laughs) There's no end. So why live as if this is it when it's not? Just die. 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 Major Ian Thomas. So that the latent glory of our King and Lord Jesus Christ may live in you. This is evangelism. Everyone that did kingdom school would go, yeah. (laughs) So that's what is faith, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Why faith, Hebrews 11.6. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, Darse, who diligently seek him. You remember Jeremiah 29.11? The, the cups and the mugs and the pens and the... And the that, that scripture that everyone has on the mug and on the pen and on the Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans for the hope for the future. Ta-da. Near, near, near. Verse 12. I want verse 12. And then verse 13. Add it, please, to give the context. I can claim that all I want. I can claim it all I want. If I don't get verse 12 and 13, it's just a quote. It becomes scripture. It becomes a reality. When verse 12 is added, you will pray and I will listen to you. Verse 13, to those who wholeheartedly seek me. Now it's full. To those who wholeheartedly seek me. So there is a beauty in this message that Christ wants through his Holy Spirit for us to search for. This is, this is not a game, but it's the beauty of life. He, he did not intend for this as a game. It's the beauty of life. And you want to ask, but Pierre, how do I get faith? It's easy. Romans 10 verse, verse 17. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Be in the word. Study the word. Seek. I do it so diligently every Sunday. But when life happens on Monday, and then when Tuesday comes, then all of a sudden, 
I lose it. Then I don't know why. It's easy. Nine verses prior to verse 17, verse 8 was there. Romans 10 verse 8 says, near you is the word. In your mouth, in your heart. Speak about it. Live it. Testify. Why? Because you overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Speak it. No, stop that. I'm not going to speak about that. That's blasphemy against the blood of Jesus Christ. This is what life is. Let's speak about life. Let's get rid of those words and the language that so comes against faith. It's speak life. For in the power of the tongue is life and death. That's the introduction to what we're going to look at. Because I don't want to speak about those four questions. I want to speak about the essence of faith. And in the essence of faith, I am going to quote Hebrews 11.1, 1, but from the Amplified, which I love. And here we go. Now faith is the assurance, listen to this, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, which means the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So, we have eternal life. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. We can give it our all. It is so. When we die, we don't die. Because we are dead. Already. In who? In Jesus. Therefore, fully alive. So what's the worst thing that Satan can do to you? <laughs> Kill your body. Which is life. Which is eternity. So we are not going, give it your all, Satan. Why? Because we do not mock the spiritual. We do not in any way go against the things that, we're not naive about his power. But we do understand that the one that we serve has all, meaning all, authority. And so therefore when we are in him, we are eternal. And then scripture says there are only two kinds of children, children of God and children of Satan. So there's no middleman. There's two kingdoms, a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. No middleman. No, uh, I can't decide yet. Then you have kingdom of darkness. For the decision into Christ is life. There's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. If the fleshly nature controls your mind, leads to death. If the Holy Spirit controls your mind, leads to life and peace. That's Romans 8.1 and Romans 8.6. So now, what we're going to do is, I'm going to present to you the essence of faith. The essence of faith is going to come down to the most precious, most beautiful story of two trees. The most precious, most beautiful story of two trees. And we're going to go back all the way to Genesis as per the original intent. And we're going to see the mystery that's been hidden for ages and generations, but has now been disclosed to the saints. Christ, the hope of glory, stand up before us. And we're going to see the message that he has written from the beginning to the end. Are you ready? 
We're going to go into Genesis 2, verse 9, Amplified. And in that garden, the Lord God caused to grow from the ground every tree that is desirable and pleasing to the sight and good, suitable, pleasant for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the experiential knowledge, recognition of the difference between good and evil. So there were two trees right in the center. Every tree was given that was good and desirable and pleasing as food. And God said, there's these two trees in the center. said, of the one, of the one you are not allowed to eat. That is, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You are not to eat of that tree. Please remember, both these trees are named. So the tree of life is there. What could they do? They could eat of the tree of life, as with every other tree. But this one, he said, you're not allowed to eat of. For God knew that he was the only one who could have an understanding of both good and evil, but only be good. Only God, only the character of God can only be good, but know of both. So he had to put that tree there. If he did not put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil there, he, we did not have free will. We did not have choice. So everyone who comes against God, why did he allow that? Because we're not robots. He wants love to be chosen, experienced through own choice. Then and only then is it pure and true love. Choose me, he says. And what did we choose? We chose what was desirable to the eye, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh. We went for the knowledge of both good and evil. And what hits me when you read Scripture that says, and they became just like God, knowing both good and evil. Yet we do not have the capacity to know of evil and then know what to do with it. To which God immediately steps in. And saves our lives. In what way? He had to physically step in immediately to save our lives. How? By closing the gate to Eden. Sending us out and saying, don't worry. I will solve this. I have a plan. So, we go to Genesis 3 verse 24. So God drove the man out. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he permanently statued the cherubim and the sword with a flashing blade, which turned round and round in every direction to protect and guard the way, the entrance access to the tree of life. So the only way for you to be saved is that you do not go and eat of that tree again, because death will be your saving grace. You have to be able to die so that you can exit this life. But the tree of life, therefore, has to not have access to it. But he started with his program, the beauty of the story, the mystery that's been hidden for ages and generations. And the whole of the Old Testament speaks to this. If you want to bless yourself, go into Proverbs. Proverbs is flooded with this. Speaking about this bride, this, this spirit, the, the, the spirit of wisdom calling us to not be 
stupid. Simple. How much longer, O simpletons, will you be simple? Wisdom stands at the street corners. She calls out. How much longer, O simpletons, will you be simple? How much longer will you choose evil? How much longer will you not listen to the conscience that he has given you? How much longer? And so the beauty of the next scripture, just one, just one verse. I could choose hundreds, but just one. Proverbs 3, verse 18. This is like the bride already calling the children of God. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy, blessed, considered fortunate to be admired is everyone who holds her tight. Already he brings in. There is a choice that you can make. You can choose to live towards the tree of life. Axes have been blocked. But the only exit for you from this planet is death. But don't worry, I'll overcome death. And then that axis will make 100% sense. So now we're going to go to Revelation. Are you ready? We're going to go to Revelation. Revelation 2 verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant the privilege to eat the fruit from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Therefore, you can come boldly and confidently into the throne room of God. Why? Because the tree of life is Jesus. Jesus overcame death. And if we go into Jesus, we are dead to this world. And we eat of the tree of life. Therefore, you can come boldly and confidently into the throne room of God and eat of the tree of life which is spirit. Therefore, the same spirit that rose him from the dead in you. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead in you. Therefore, church, before John the Baptist, there was none greater than he born of a woman. Yet even the least of these in the kingdom of God is greater than he. For we have the spirit, the same spirit, Emma, I can you hear come that said, he's so long for me. I say for you, I can feel a mic here go. They mark my thirsty fall in any brand. Revelation 22, verse 1 to 5. Then the angel showed me a river, I'll say Rosemary, of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, Christ, in the middle of the street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer exist anything that is cursed, because sin and illness and death are gone. And the throne of God, and of the Lamb will be in it. And his bondservants will serve and worship him with great awe and joy and loving devotion. They will be privileged to see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be night. 
They have no need for lamplight or sunshine because the Lord God will illuminate them. They will reign as kings forever and ever. And then we continue to verse 14. Blessed, happy, prosperous be the admired of those who wash their robes in the blood of Christ by believing and trusting Him, the righteous who do His commandments so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. And now the same spirit of wisdom, she calls out to us, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you and to give you assurance of these things for the churches. I am the root, the source of life, and the offspring of David, the radiant and bright morning star, and the Holy Spirit, and the bride, the church, the believers, say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes, take and drink the water of life without cost. So, Abba Father, here we are. There's a tree and living water. Your very first message, the Samaritan woman at the well, that you said, I am the life spring of water. Whoever drinks of me will never be thirsty again. Thank you that we can eat of the tree of life. Choose life every single day. Eat of you, Jesus, the word. Thinking, contemplating, considering your word. It says, I do not live by bread alone, but by every word that my Father speaks. So Jesus, this is my biggest prayer. This is our biggest prayer that you will become even more of a revelation to us. We will seek, we hunger, and we thirst for you. We will in no way compare ourselves to others. Your word warns us, Lord, to not compare. You are enough, Jesus. And so therefore, we do not pray for anything that must still happen. We thank you for everything that has happened. And Jesus, this morning, as your church, as your bride, we thank you that we may both eat and drink of you. So as we go into this week, Holy Spirit, help us search, help us bring the whole of your word from Genesis right through to Revelation into our hearts. Read Psalms, sing and worship together. And not just seek happiness, which is temporal, but joy, which is eternal. Amen.